Welcome to Fresh Take, your favorite weekly podcast that delivers a healthy dose of information pertaining to healthy lifestyles, organic and sustainable agriculture, and numerous topics related to the environment. Thanks for tuning in. Our industry experts are here to provide you with a fresh take on topics that can help you optimize your lifestyle and well-being. Welcome to Fresh Take. I'm your host, Jessica Stipe, and on today's episode, we'll be discussing hemp. I have a very special guest with me today, Brian Cricket Rakita. He is a Senior Inspection Manager for Quality Certification Services. Welcome, Brian. Hi, Jessica. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. So, Brian, just to get this kicked off, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started um, with the certification of hemp? Well, I've been in some level of organic production for a long time since the early 90s and or even in some level like not certified before that was an organic farmer and ran a csa raised grains and seeds unfortunately during most of that period hemp wasn't legal so i didn't really work with hemp at the time but i have been reading a lot and and talking to the growers that have experience with this and went to some classes about it I think I've learned a thing or two about hemp and hemp production and hemp uses. And then I've been reading about the hemp uses for years. There's a lot of books about that on the market now. Okay. Well, it sounds like, I mean, you have, you definitely have a lot of experience in the organic industry. So with hemp, Brian, you know, for a lot of our listeners, I think that there's a lot of confusion and they don't really understand what hemp is. Can you give us kind of the breakdown of what is hemp? And how was it different than marijuana? Okay. Basically, in the 2008 Farm Bill and in other bills before that, that that were the regulation of the land, hemp is basically, it's the same genus and species as marijuana, cannabis sativa. But there are many different varieties of cannabis sativa, and some are considered marijuana and some are considered hemp. The difference being that when measured, the THC needs to be below 0.3%. Okay. Uh, THC being the primary recreational and one of what is believed to be primary medicinal properties in both marijuana, hemp, cannabis, sativa. Mm -hmm. The THC being the recreational portion. And so there is 0.3% being very low. Right. So basically it doesn't get you high and that's the difference. Gotcha. That makes a lot of sense. So I know one of the things that I'm noticing all over the place, but specifically around here, I mean, even like in, like even my grandmother, her doctor has recommended her using CBD. So does CBD come from hemp? Is that something that, that's related or how does that work? Yeah. CBD, like THC, can, um, can vary greatly depending on the variety of cannabis sativa you're growing. And many hemp varieties are very high in CBD and many are uh, moderate in CBD. A lot of it depends on what the use for the hemp you're growing is. But the only thing that legally makes it hemp is the, the low THC. So yes, there's definitely a lot of CBD products now and I've read a lot of documents, both peer-reviewed and other, about medical uses for CBD oil. Uh, just the other month, a study came out of University of Tel Aviv and the Hebrew University in Jerusalem, a, jo- a joint project between those universities, mm-hmm. was published in the Journal of 
bone and mineral research about how CBD is uh, linked to bone healing and has anti-inflammatory properties for bone injury and therefore can help speed the bone healing. That stuck out in my mind because it was actually peer reviewed in a paper in a major journal. So I read, so I noticed that one. There's a, you know, there are a lot of other examples of things like that. Oh yes, I've seen so many different articles, and I see so many different physicians recommending the use of CBD, like you said, for joint health, um, even things like Crohn's disease and and different digestive appetite. issues, appetite. Yes, there's so many yeah. different uses for it that you know, they're recommending the use of CBD to, to help with those causes. So there's, there's got to be something behind it, right? Yeah, I mean, hemp is a very old plant. It's my impression that maybe not cultivation, but at least gathering goes back to 8000 BC by some archaeologists have, have stated. I don't know if that's really true because I wasn't around. I'm not quite that old yet, but um, <laughs> yeah, me neither. <laughs> yeah, but it was an important crop for rope and cloth and clothing and bird feed. But hemp was very big in, in a lot of those for a long time. Uh, in World War II, I believe it was the preferred naval rope. Um, and I believe that the parachute that saved a future president George W. Bush was made out of hemp and twined to him with hemp. Wow, that's a cool fact. The, when when he had to parachute out of a plane, hemp gave us a president at least there. Well, like I said, I mean, definitely I, I see now that the production of hemp is definitely on the rise. And like I said, you mentioned that, that hemp can be used for many different things as far as, you know, the CBD oil and rope and textiles and clothing and and all of that. So, I mean, there's many great uses, but as we were talking a little bit early in the conversation, you know, you were saying that you weren't really involved in the certification of hemp until more recently because at the time hemp had, hemp was banned. It was illegal. So, I mean, why, if this is such a great, you know, a great textile, this is such a great crop. Why was it banned? There were two primary classes of reasons. Mm -hmm. One was that there was a, a burgeoning synthetic market and lumber market and also, to an extent, a grain market, though that's less of a factor in, in hemp spanning. Mm -hmm. Actually, that was more lobbying with probably weighed the other way. But there were many competing markets for, uh, for the products that were made from hemp. And at the same time, there was also a bit of a hysteria about recreational marijuana right. that happened. And between those, basically, marijuana became illegal and with it, Nobody did anything to save hemp. And like I said, there were a number of industries that benefited from that, that urged hemp to be banned along with it. It's very difficult to tell if a farmer is growing one or the other, especially before we had our modern testing equipment. You know, it's funny that you say that. Um, I just read an article here in the, in the county that we live in where our county officials are even having difficulty distinguishing the difference between hemp and, and, and cannabis just because they say that the, the look the smell everything is so similar that they're having a really hard time distinguishing between the two so it's causing some laws to change here right now even like in how they can prosecute people for having you know one or the other because it's so hard to distinguish between one and the other yeah especially a very high cbd oil flower mm -hmm. is going to look and smell a lot like like the recreational and or medicinal marijuana that you could get in other states where that's legal right it, yes there's a lot of similarity there and i see it, it's changing all the time state by state you know 
I think most states, the medicinal purposes, you know, for, for whatever people using it for medicinally, that's been approved. And then, you know, some states have gone on to, to pass the law for recreational use. And as times go and change and bills are passed and, you know, we have elections and all of that, I'm sure that there'll be more changes as time goes, probably sooner rather than later. You know, I, I think, though, that it's a big thing now that, you know, hemp is no longer banned and, and we can rely on hemp for, for all the many uses that, you know, that are important you know, for textiles, for rope, for all of the different, the reasons that we're using it. So I think it's great that people are being more open-minded and seeing that there is a difference between the two and that there are great uses for it. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, clearly we work in the organic industry. And so this is something that that we're both kind of uh, aware of, but our listeners may not be. So, I mean, in your opinion, why is hemp good for farmers? It's a crop that is fairly easy to raise. It is drought tolerant, insect tolerant. It can be a little prone to disease and there is a market for it, partly because it's a new product and people are excited about it. Mm -hmm. There's uh, likely to soon be a market for it in the for seed in the chicken feed business. There's a market for the rope. There's a market for the clothing. Uh, Some people want to purchase organic agricultural products. I mean, people don't always think about fiber when they think about agriculture. But if not for fiber, we would both be naked in the woods right now. Right. <laughs> the, the You know, fiber is a big part of agriculture and it's a big part of our lives. And we're thankful for it, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I have a lot of people ask me, why are people concerned about organic fiber? There are a lot of reasons one is support organics. One is that organic is going to be lower in, in pesticides. There's also the concern for the land and the health of the farmers. And there are many reasons why uh, organic is a thing that's supported by consumers. Right. And a lot of those, uh, you know, obviously people don't eat their hat, but they still want to know that that hat was made from fiber that was grown in a way that was friendly for the land and friendly for the farmer. And also organic tends to command a higher premium. So a lot of times uh, buying organic can can help support the farmer in a way that gets diluted with some of your conventional commodity crops. Right. You know, I've also read a little bit too about hemp being used as a cover crop. Yeah, I've read that. I've not seen it personally, right. but mainly because right now you need a license to grow it. Right. And there's a lot of paperwork involved. So even if it were a fairly good cover crop, it would not be a cheap and easy cover crop to plant. So at least with our current regulatory environment where you need a license to produce hemp, I don't expect to see it as a cover crop. And therefore, I haven't seen a lot of research got this many tons biomass per acre, the types of things, you know, this amount of weed suppression, those types of studs you would need to see alongside other cover crops. Nobody's really done that with hemp that I've seen. Right. But we know that hemp does have a lot of biomass and it does have a lot of weed suppression. It's never really been compared as a cover crop that I've seen. Right, right. No, definitely. I mean, and you were talking about, you know, needing a license. I know the decriminalization of of hemp in the 2018 Agriculture Improvement Act, that tells us that, okay, you know, now that that that's been passed, we can plant hemp in Florida. You can plant hemp in Florida if you get a license from the state of Florida. I believe you need to be free of convictions of felonies and especially any drug-related offenses and, and a few other things you need to do. You need to have a farm and be, be a farmer to to get the license. But yeah, you can grow it if you get a license and you can get a license from the state. Right. So anybody wanting to, to start this as a crop definitely needs to look into the, the regulations and the laws for their state to make sure that they're doing everything properly beforehand. Yeah. Well, one thing that the 2008 Farm Bill mandated is that every state must 
licensed farmers to grow hemp. So before that, it was not a must, but now it is. And I think there are a couple of states that are still straggling on it, but Florida won't be one of them. At least by next growing season, your state should be on board by then, I believe. I mean, hopefully, for the sake of the farmers, hopefully it will be. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Do you think that, you know, since things have changed with the, the laws and all of that, that we'll see any economic impact in the economy? Economics is a very tricky thing to really measure because there's the new pen versus the sticky note. Um, <laughs> you know, when you get a new better pen, you're just buying less of the old pen. But sticky notes was a product that nobody knew they needed until they developed it in probably, I think, the early 90s, I think, or maybe even earlier. But, and you I know, can't live but before them. that, it wasn't a thing. <laughs> and now everybody in office uses them. And And so, you know, as far as clothing, well, it's probably, you know, if you buy more hemp clothing, you're probably going to buy less cotton clothing. But that has an economic impact because uh, hemp clothing is, at least when the market is young, going to be uh, more expensive. And definitely the organic hemp, uh, the market is going to be more expensive. And so that'll have an economic impact there. And then to an extent, there was there was no CBD before there was CBD. Right. So, and CBD is a fairly new thing that way. So that is, uh, that's more the sticky note. Right, yeah. So, uh, so that's, a, that's a new market. Right. Uh, also, hemp is a way to add value to a lot of products that are on the market, uh, products that use some hemp, and that is going to have an ec- economic impact. Things like uh, bread with some hemp flour or oil for cooking or, you know, th- things like that. Then also there may be a market for that uh, in addition I don't know enough about paper to say whether or not we could certify an organic paper. Uh, Right now, I'm not aware of any paper that's been certified organic, but there may be a process to make it that way that would be commercially viable. But even without that, hemp requires fewer chemicals and requires less water or energy to process into paper than does wood. Look at you. Like you're planting a seed there for someone to say, hmm, I'll make that happen. (laughs) We'll see about paper. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, I don't know enough about paper. I know that there are some pretty heavy solvents you need to use to dissolve the fibers into pulp to make paper out of. So I'm definitely not saying that it's a a doable process or not. You know, maybe there's a way to do that. Maybe there there are alternatives. I've seen alternatives for that sort of thing. But but I definitely, I believe it's it's pretty well established that hemp requires fewer of those than does wood. And whether you're organic or not, most of us use paper. so Pretty much. Yeah, w- w- without getting into organics, but there's definitely some environmental benefits to using hemp for paper. For sure. Well, now, like I said, we've talked a little bit about, you know, each state having its own um, regulations for being able to grow hemp. Clearly, we know that in order to be able to even uh, think about growing, you have to get licensed first. But once a, a person, you know, says, hey, this is what I'm going to do, they go through, they get their license, they have that all in place. Then, you know, what are the, like the next steps? What are the necessary conditions to even grow hemp? Uh, conditions. It can grow in heavy soils and it can grow in sandy soils. It tends to actually grow fairly well in heavy soils. A slang for it has been ditchweed through the ages, and that's largely because ditches tend to be, you know, the heavy soil areas on a piece of land. Sounds like it's pretty resilient. It's very drought resistant. Funguses can be an issue. One thing I'll say logistically for growing hemp, and it varies from state to state, Mm -hmm. and I'm not sure exactly the situation in florida i I know you have some other guests going to be on this maybe you can check with them on this in order to use any pesticide like that uh, organic or not for any crop you need to make sure that hemp is on the list 
of of crops that that pesticide is approved for. Right. Um, to my knowledge, and the EPA does that. The EPA makes that list and approves that list. To my knowledge, hemp is not yet on any of those products. On that, what some states have done is that they have come out with a list. I, I believe they're mostly using a list that was initially based on one that came out of Colorado mm-hmm. of state-approved pesticides for hemp. And, you know, it's, a, it's an interesting question how the EPA feels about that, seeing as how they're behind the ball on this. But And mo- many of those are products that are approved for use in organics. I'm not sure what Florida's stance on it is. I'm not sure exactly how that works with the EPA and whether that, um, you know, just because the state is approved, it does, you know, does that mean the EPA will, uh, will allow it or will not pay too much attention to it or how that would work. But that is an important issue to consider. Be careful. You may have issues finding something that is, that's allowed to be used. Nobody wants anyone in this industry to get in trouble for that sort of thing. Absolutely. But beyond that, fortunately, as I said, Hemp is a resistant crop. It doesn't have major bug problems. So fortunately, you won't need too much of that. Uh, also, it doesn't need a lot of fer- fertility for that. There is some information about hemp's recommended fertility rate. That's pretty cool. Well, like you mentioned, this is part of a series, and I'm so thankful that you're the first guest on uh, our series you know, to talk about hemp because I think that growing hemp is it's, it's on the rise. Um, it's, you know, like I said, with all of the different textiles and people wanting to be more conscious of clothing options and, and so many other things. And then like I talked, we talked a little bit about before about the use of CBD is definitely on the rise. Um, I even saw CBD gummies for, for your dogs uh, the other day. So I can see that definitely, you know, the use of that increasing. I think that it's great that we're able to educate our listeners on, on hemp and why it's important and why, you know, the, the farm bill has been passed and all of these changes are coming into play. And as you mentioned, we are going to have a couple of other guests on. We have uh, an attorney that will come and speak to us just on the legality portion of it and, and why she supports it. And then we also have another guest that's going to come on that's a grower. Uh, they, they're currently growing out in California, and they've been really successful there. And now they're going to start another operation here in Florida. So it'll be interesting to get their perspective on it as well. So we, we can definitely educate our, our listeners on that. That sounds fascinating. I'd love to tune in if I get a chance. Absolutely. And I'd love to have you back on at any point in time, you know, to maybe even have like a, you know, a two or three person discussion on this, because I think it's, it's very interesting and clearly all kinds of changes are being made and we want to stay on top of those. So yeah, I'd love to have you back at any time if you can't listen um, or, or, be, or if you can't be a guest, I'd love to have you at least listen, but I'd love to have you back on with, with some of our other speakers so we can really have an in-depth conversation about this. Keep me in the loop. All right, Brian. Well, I thank you so much for joining us today. And as always, you guys, I'm your host, Jessica Stipe. I'm the Education and Outreach Director for Florida Organic Growers. If you like this topic, please go on, leave us a comment. If there's other things that you'd like to hear us discuss, please leave that information as well. You can leave us a review at any time. We rely on you to to leave donations so we can continue to produce this podcast. We thank you for listening today, and we'll be back with you next week on another episode on hemp. Thank you guys for listening to today's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation as much as we did. As many of you already know, FOG is a 501c3 not-for-profit organization, which means we need your help to keep all of our content free to the public. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation today. We would really appreciate your support. 